Welcome to Smart Route, the podcast by Call Tracking Metrics, where you'll hear stories from businesses at the intersection of marketing, customer experience, and sales. We're sitting down with business leaders and industry experts to dive deep into the path they took to find success. Here's your host, Courtney Tyson. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode seven of Smart Route. I'm your host, Courtney Tyson. During this episode, we're going to learn more about the value of third-party reviews. And here to share his expertise with us is Mike Buscemi of G2. Thanks for being here, Mike. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, excited to uh, chat with you, Courtney, and um, talk a little bit more about G2 and reviews overall in the industry. Awesome. Well, welcome. Um, so just to share a little bit with our listeners about, about you, we've actually invited Mike to be our guest today because he's a, he's a true subject matter expert on today's topic. Um, he currently leads the SMB segment at G2, helping companies to elevate their brand and drive demand. Um, so with that, Mike, tell us a little bit about you and how your path has led you to your current role at G2. Yeah, absolutely. I think I have a, a little bit of a different path than, than probably most. I, I started out uh, actually interning at the Cubs, and then I worked in, at, at food service uh, for, uh, for a hot second. Uh, made my way into the the startup world with Groupon for a little bit as a stint in, in B2B marketing, and then <clears throat> switched over to uh, an organization called Terryberry that was in the HR realm. And, and what we did there was a little bit of a software and a service play. So I had a lot of experience with the full sales cycle, um, hunting, closing, and also uh, retaining business and was one of the group that really pioneered our uh, first real SaaS product uh, into the marketplace uh, to compete with some of the other giants there, and from there uh, was selling to you know SMB all the way up to enterprise. Uh, made a jump to an organization named ITA Group, where we were working on uh, not only SaaS products for employee recognition, but also driving behavioral change and, and sales and marketing outcomes through incentive programs for Fortune 500 companies. Um, so was there for a bit, but was really intrigued by what G2 was doing overall in the market. Had uh, a couple friends that were working at G2 at the time when I was taking a look uh, around at different places to work. I think what really drew me into G2 was a number of things. Um, first, heard good things from my friends that were working there, certainly number one. Number two, as I was doing my my due diligence on the on the company, uh, know that they were founded by a really smart group who had founded two previous organizations um, led by Goddard Abel and had sold those to uh, Oracle and Salesforce. So knew this organization was in, in really good hands. Um, so made the jump, made the leap to be a relationship manager. Honestly, didn't feel like cold calling anymore. So that's why I moved into the relationship more account management piece where I could really build those relationships with customers and more understand problems and, and help them. Um, that's kind of what I liked from my past roles. So it was a great experience there. And being at G2, uh, coming up on my three-year anniversary here, I've probably held five different roles within sales um, from SMB to mid-market to, to general business, uh, then to being a team lead and leading a team of um two mid-market CSMs, three RMs, uh, and now was uh, promoted to lead the uh, the SMB segment. So working on growing that segment out and 
um, really uh, helping my team exceed, uh, as well as uh, helping our customers see value in G2. Great. It's interesting. You, it sounds like you kind of worked a little bit in, you know, the, the employee kind of recognition space where I'm sure, you know, obviously reviews are a big thing, employee reviews moving into, you know, more of, more of a B2B business type type review yep. role. So it's interesting throughout your career. There's always kind of been that trend. Um, what's interesting for me is I actually had my first experience on the other side of the fence this year and that, you know, I've always been in a customer facing role and relationship management role. And in my new role, I was actually tasked with researching and recommending a software that could help us to manage our new partner program. And G2 was a big part of that, that process. And that's how, you know, me personally, as someone who was looking to purchase a new software, you know, service, um, that's how I found the value in G2. But, you know, tell us a little bit more about, you know, why does the market find value in a review site like G2? Why do, why do you know, businesses come to you and, and work with you? Yeah, it's, it's interesting that, I mean, basically the dichotomy of how B2B buyers has really shifted over the last I mean, you could even go back maybe even a decade, right? If you just think <clears throat> theoretically how we as consumers purchase products, it's by word of mouth and reviews. Uh, and that's been that way since really the advent of almost Amazon. Um, you don't go on Amazon and buy something without reading reviews. That's just table stakes these days. And mm -hmm. if you look at the proliferation of reviews across industries overall. I mean, you, you went from, you know, reading a uh, food industry guide about, you know, Italy to going on TripAdvisor. You went from reading about, you know, a restaurant or getting a word of mouth from a restaurant to reading Yelp reviews. You went from trying to talk to your friends about what a company is like to reading Glassdoor reviews. So what we've seen really is that there's just been that fundamental shift in buyer behavior and B2B buyers are acting more like consumers act from nine to five when typically you'd be doing that thing from nine, from five to nine. So the biggest thing in the industry was that peer reviews didn't really exist from a business standpoint. And our founders, as they were going through, you know, trying to find funding and, and for their companies in, in previous past lives and trying to get validation because they were smaller businesses, working with the gardeners and the foresters of the world, you know, was, was difficult. It's also a little bit of a pay to play model. And, you know, they weren't able to, I think, get into the quadrant at the time because I don't know that a category was created for them. So they decided to host actually their own party and have customers come in. And that was really the beginning of how they thought about G2. So then they founded G2 in a basement uh, about seven years ago. And it's grown from, you know, those five founders to an organization that's roughly 300 employees and growing. Um, but it's really because reviews have just become table stakes for how organizations and buyers of all types, whether you're B2B or B2C, really mm -hmm. interact today. Um, and we know from a number of studies, like 80% of buyers read reviews um, online before they make a purchase. That's from demand gen. They read at mm -hmm. least 10 reviews uh, before they even make a purchasing decision. And the internet, you know, just the ability and freedom of information really helped lead that charge, of course. 
And I can do my research online before even reaching out to a sales rep. We know that they're 60% down the path before they even reach out to us. So why not give them what they're looking for and allow them to read reviews from, from your customers? Cause they're going to ask you for references anyways. Sure. Yeah. For me personally, G2 was such a big part of my process in terms of like the education of the landscape of the type of tool that I was looking into, right? There's obviously so many tools out there that can do many of the same things. And G2 kind of helped me to figure out, you know, which ones, which of those tools were the right ones for me to look at and ultimately which one was the right one for, for us. So, so, so with that, obviously, you know, all businesses, you know, should find value in, in a review site like G2, you know, let's talk about like the size of, of companies that would benefit from investing in, in review management. Like, is there a certain type or size of company that, that would benefit from investing in review management management? Is there a right size or type of business that should be working with G2? Are there like software yeah. out there? <clears throat> yeah, no, that, that it's an interesting question. Cause if you look at G2's taxonomy and, and the customers that leverage G2, I mean, you get everyone from a call tracking metrics or, you know, a insure sign that was bought by Formstack, but they were 10 employees, right? All the way up to <clears throat> your IBMs, your sales lofts, your outreaches, your MailChimps, your active campaigns, even into the middle, right? Some of your logic gates. Um, so there's a, a whole host of organizations that can benefit from reviews. I think the first thing that someone needs to do is ask themselves, what are they trying to accomplish with reviews? Because there are a multitude of things you can do. And I think... If you're thinking about diving into the review ecosystem, one, you need to make sure that you have customers to ask. Of course, you cannot be in, you know, stealth mode, right? That's, that's not necessarily possible here, but make sure you have enough customers to generate reviews. You're going to want to consider how you're going to get those reviews. You're also going to want to consider how you're going to leverage those reviews and do you have someone available to manage a platform? And then the fundamental question you're asking yourself is, you know, what am I trying to get out of this relationship with any review provider? Is it brand awareness? Are you looking to expand your digital footprint? Are you looking to just own your messaging across the web? You know, you can get it anywhere you want to Glassdoor, LinkedIn, uh, G2, Captera, Trust Radius, just go on Google, you, you'll probably see reviews for your business. Um, and then, you know, how are you going to, to measure that? And what are you looking to accomplish is, is two keys. Because um, there's a lot of different ways to measure the success of a review site, whether that's simply gathering reviews, that's maintaining your brand, um, or driving additional awareness around your product. If you look at the segments of organizations, I would argue SMBs are <clears throat> probably in the realm of trying to get themselves known against maybe a bigger competitor, break into a space, maybe create a whole new category. I mean, think of Drift years ago, right? They created the conversational marketing category um, and they became number one there. Then if you're a mid-market organization, you might be looking to generate demand and maintain your brand as you continue to scale especially if you're trying to move up market, right? That's a perfect place where you can capture that voice of an enterprise customer and have your potential customers that are going to come to a review site and read. And then from an enterprise perspective, it's becoming more and more table stakes because enterprises always work with analysts. Um, and I think one of the things that 
analysts don't provide, they're starting to provide it more and more and more just because review sites have become so popular. Um, but is that voice of the customer? So typically we pay for an engagement. We would talk about the product to be really detailed analyses of, you know, say a Salesforce, for example, but you also want to know what the customer is saying. And so they are actively using those reviews to sell in sales cycles, maybe deflect reference calls, um, but also, you know, continue to build up their brand. Salesloft has done a really good example of leveraging G2 everywhere in their brand and everywhere they are, right? It is part of their messaging. It is built into their messaging. And I know CTM does a great job of that as well and messages, you know, how well liked they are by customers everywhere. So it provides you that, that validation to the market that you might not be able to get elsewhere, especially if you're a smaller organization. I love the structure that you put around that answer. I think it's really going to help our, our listeners to kind of better understand how they need to, or how they can, how they can kind of attack a risk man, a, a review management strategy and how it can kind of, they can know when it's right for them to really, really dive into this, right? So you said, think to make sure they have customers to ask. Um, think about how are they going to get those reviews? Um, how are you going to leverage those reviews? Make sure you have a, a strategy in place. Um, you talked about, I think, too, you know, measuring those reviews. So, you know, I think those are all really great tips for for our listeners to kind of identify when they're ready to, to dive into this. So, yeah, love that. one other thing I would add that I that I neglected to add there was review generation is and should be an always on strategy. Um, we might cover this later, but as you continue to develop your product, develop your roadmap, get additional customers, right? The pace of change in technology is so quick that what what you do today could be fundamentally different than what you do in a quarter. So always continuing to have the customer voice speak to the progress you've made as an organization is going to be critically important, right? We always come out with new op new features, right? So if we have a new product and we sell it and we want feedback on the market, we should leverage reviews to get true authentic feedback rather than asking our, you know, five happiest customers. Right. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, and I know that, that that's the approach that we take in, internally here at CTM and, and using G2 and asking for, for reviews. It's constantly, you know, making sure that we're, we're touching all the different types of users that work with us, that we're getting a really good depiction of how well we're doing and maybe how well we're not in some areas. So it really kind of helps, allows us to see the full picture for sure. So that's, that's wonderful advice. Um, you, you talked about, you know, some of the other, you know, similar, I guess, review, review um, management platforms out there. Let's talk about kind of like the approaches or, and, and models that are out there for review management. Like what are those different approaches? What are those different models? And what do you recommend for folks who are just looking to get started? Yeah. A uh, lot of different strategies, a lot of strategies. It, it really depends on, and, and this is kind of where I get excited about the relationship management role in general is the ability to really diagnose, hey, you're, you're going this direction. Hey, here's where we can consult and help you within that direction generate those reviews. So it, it's usually a multi-pronged approach. Um, most review sites will support you in executing your review ask for you. So for example, like us at G2, um, you provide us a list of customers um, and we'll execute a three campaign send 
over a 10 day period. Um, usually those reviews are incentivized um, with a gift card or they could be a charity donation if you so choose. Um, you can also choose to not incentivize the reviews as well. Um, that depends on industry and I think customer type. Um, then you know those can be run as often as you'd like. Ideally, I'd say at a minimum on a quarterly basis, um, just echoing back my comment of pace of change of technology and making sure you're keeping reviews fresh because ideally your organization is signing new customers every quarter. So we have a fresh batch of, of folks to reach out to. Um, some additional ways to do that are to look at you know your promoters and detractors. Um, so if you have an NPS system or some type of internal tracking system, that is a, a perfect way to identify you know, potential people to ask reviews from. And it's a great way to know who to ask reviews from on a continual basis. It's my assumption is most NPS systems will run quarterly by yearly. Um, so allowing fresh reviews to happen. Um, if those two things aren't of appeal to the customer, we'll, we'll certainly ask about what their customer success strategy looks like. Um, what their renewal strategy looks like. And what I've found very successful is a, a personalized touch from the CS or the account manager to the account. Um, I've had a couple customers, um, four kites would be a great example of one of them, that ran internal competitions where the CSMs were you know, tasked with asking the reviews, prize was given, um, and had a lot of success doing that. Um, and, and really driving their, their brand awareness and their reviews that perspective that way, which is a, a really solid opportunity. And if you can continue that as an always-on process, some progressive organizations will go and take the step to actually make that a KPI for the team. Um, that's on them to make that call, but always an opportunity. Uh, and then some of the new ways that we've been <clears throat> doing that is, is G2 has just launched a couple review uh, levers, um, integrations with a, a Medallia and a Qualtrics and um, some in-app asks, which make the review process relatively seamless. So if you're in the app, you know, the app, you log in or you log out, you're prompted with the opportunity to leave a review, which reduces friction like by 100% because you no longer have to get an email, click it, log in to that site, leave that review, right? It's everything is done immediately for you through that in-app ask. Um, so continuing to do that. Uh, and then there are some products and platforms that offer continual integrations with an NPS system, and that will execute your review campaigns on a continual basis. So as soon as you get an NPS score in, triggers set, email sent, you can do that with HubSpot. You can do that with a specific tool. Um, so there are a multitude of ways to, to leverage that. So it could be, you know, something as easy as just identifying segments and targeting them that way to something complex as something as complex as integrating with your MPS system and and kind of facilitating the the asks for the reviews that way. Yep. I think if you're first starting and you're uh, <clears throat> you're just kind of dipping your toe into the review management idea. Uh, the first thing I'd probably recommend is is more personalized outreach to a customer, just so it doesn't seem like you're trying to spam them with something, and and then you actually have the opportunity to identify who who you're looking to ask, um, mm -hmm. 
And if it's your, you know, one of your customers with a really great relationship, ideally that's an easy ask for, for you from the organization. Sure. So you did talk a little bit about, you know, making sure that you're, you're asking for those reviews from your clients who've been, have been with you for a really long time, but also making sure that you're, you're asking for reviews from those that are brand new to, to utilizing, you know, your, your tool. Is there a, you know, an ideal point in that customer journey in which you should be asking for reviews or is it kind of like at, at every level almost? Yeah, I think you need to consider a couple of things, right? Like the number one thing you should think about is when does a customer have enough experience with your product to ask a review? Because okay. if you've got a implementation process of six months, if you ask a review when they first sign the contract, sure, they'll be happy because they just bought your product, but they probably have no idea about the nuances of actually using the product. That would be the one fundamental thing to think about is when is a user experienced enough within my platform to make an ask? Um, then some additional good times to make asks are, you know, upon renewal. Usually that customer will be happy, will like your product. Um, <clears throat> that's, so that's a really good time as well. And then after you just launch a product, um, I've had a customer do this. They launched a product and then about three months after the product launch, they wanted feedback. So rather than going individually to, you know, their customer success managers and going that direction, we did a review campaign instead centered around that product feature. Um, and we're able to generate really valuable feedback, whether it was positive, negative, um, and help them on the roadmap. And so speaking of, of negative feedback, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, what advice would you give to businesses that are concerned about opening themselves up to negative reviews? I think for yes. me, thinking about this off the bat would be, okay, just don't take it personally, right? <laughs> well, what would you yep. say, Mike? <laughs> yep. I, it's, it's a funny question because we get it all the time. I mean, most businesses do whatever they can to avoid negative reviews, and it makes a lot of sense. I mean, you don't want any negative reviews online, right, about your product. Um, but you also have to come at it from the consumer side. If you've got all fives, I might think it's fishy to begin with. Like how can a hundred people give you all five stars? That seems just a little fishy. So, and I actually think the most read review is a four star review and that's across all sites, whether you're B2C or B2B. Um, and I think a three star is right there too, because I usually have the meat of the review and it's got the bad and the good, right? Um, but not all bad new reviews and not all negative reviews are bad. That can actually be helpful in a number of ways. So first off, before, right, I said they can help you build trust because if you have a bunch of fives, that's going to be crazy to see. Um, they also create kind of like a healthy balance um, and build that trust. And then the bigger thing I think that most people don't consider is really important to a business. It can help you identify areas of improvement. So if you're reading a bad review, yes, you might take it a little bit personally at first, but, but try to understand the actual context of the review. Is it your customer service? Is it your product? Is it your UX? Is it your, your UI? Is it any other you know, fundamental aspect of, of your product? And how can you take that feedback, give that to product marketing, or engineering 
and say, hey, like on the roadmap, we need to update our user experience in X. We're seeing a lot of negative reviews there. And you can actually position yourself um, really well by getting negative feedback and help your product move forward. And then subsequently, as you do that, make your customers happier, you turn those negative reviews into positive reviews. Yeah, the, the way I think about it is ultimately a, a customer could really enjoy your product and your brand and have something ne- still have something negative to say about it, but it too could mean that they just believe that you could be that much better, right? And you know, they they, they understand that they value your your feedback, and so you're going to take it and you know make your product better. Um, yeah. We went through quite a few questions already, but you know, are there any other frequently asked questions that you receive a lot that, that you'd want to address? Yeah, this is a good one. I mean, we've covered most of the questions that people ask on a daily basis. Um, you know, just interacting with customers and and, and our reps and <clears throat> what they get asked. I think a lot of people are confused on how to measure review sites successfully. Okay. We all do something a little bit differently, um, and we all fit a different part in the market. And I think when you look at how to measure review gen, I think it's misconstrued every once in a while. And I'll, I'll go with the Dave Gerhardt here because I follow him pretty religiously on, on, uh, on LinkedIn and Twitter. You need to also consider reviews as brand marketing. And I know brand marketing doesn't show a lot of dollars to the CFO. However, if you don't have a brand, you're not going to generate demand. If nobody knows about your business and you don't have a name in a marketplace, how do you develop the customer base? Salesforce, you know, made a brand, right? They also broke into a market and did something totally crazy. Salesoft made a brand. Outreach made a brand. You know, these companies that are being very successful make a brand. There are 37,000 software companies in the SMB space. The ones that are able to succeed really well are the ones that can establish themselves as a brand or a disruptor. So I think there is a lot of value and a lot of misconception around the value of brand and what reviews can do for you in that aspect. So that that's probably what I think is maybe misconstrued or misunderstood with review sites in general is there is a huge branding play aspect to this and making sure that you are the next brand Mm -hmm. or you are maintaining the it brand. It's interesting. The next question I was going to ask was around, you know, what other benefits are there for, for businesses to invest in a review management platform besides the lead gen and reputation management. But I think you kind of hit the nail on the head there with really establishing that brand, um, making sure that, you know, you're, you're driving that brand awareness in a way that you maybe typically wouldn't. And I know mm-hmm. for me personally, it was, like you said, to understanding the marketplace and the landscape of, uh, you know, maybe the, a certain type of tool that, that you're looking to purchase or looking for reviews on, or even a brand that you're looking for reviews on. So outside of that, you know, any other benefits that you'd like to kind of throw out there? Yeah, I think a lot of people leverage review sites and think just marketing owns. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it should be sales and marketing owned and success owned. Okay. Like the most successful people have three, three, three 
parts of their company involved, marketing, sales, and success, right? Success to drive reviews, to make sure they're delaying their customers, marketing to leverage those reviews and content. Um, You know, we have an intent product, other people do as well, leveraging the intent to understand who's in market, who's buying. Um, So those are a couple pieces there. And then sales can play an actual fundamental role in this because sales should be able, able and should leverage your reviews to close new business. Back when That's we started really this, right, when we started this conversation, right, you asked why do reviews matter today? And I was explaining that, you know, 80% of B2B buyers are reading reviews. So they're going to do it whether or not the salesperson likes it. And they don't want to probably talk to us when we want to talk to them, right? It's on their timeline. So we need to give the buyers what they're interested in. And if you just do a simple Google search on, you know, best CRM software, for example, G2 ranks number one. So we're going to get the traffic of your potential buyers. So you need to lean in and leverage your customer voice more. We've all been asked for references. Why not provide them up front versus like waiting and then saying, hey, three same customers that like me that I use for every reference call give that at the end of the sales cycle when you can build trust up front. Sure. So you've you've shared with us a lot about all of the different, I guess, features and functionalities that really bring value to G2 and, you know, how businesses can be leveraging G2 in a multitude of ways other than just requesting reviews and kind of managing those reviews. So so what does the future look like for, for G2? Can you share anything with us about, you know, what the future holds for G2, any new things you guys are working on? Yeah, yeah, we, uh, so uh, might've seen the news, we got a series D, um, which we're, we're super excited about. We're investing heavily in the product for our customers to realize more benefits of G2. We're investing in our SEO so we can generate more traffic and more buyers and more eyes. Um, we're looking at a couple of new products. Um, there's a, a few in beta that I, necessarily publicized yet. Um, mm-hmm. We've got a, a new product called G2 Deals out. Um, I'm leading with one of our co-founders. It's where we can actually uh, facilitate purchasing right from G2. Pretty neat concept. Um, then we're, we've also got G2 Insights, which we're revamping. So if you think of traditional analyst reports of X company versus Y company, those are based on the analysts. Well, we do something very similar but base it on your customer reviews, your momentum in the market, your pricing, how people, why people are swapping from one product to the next. Um, how do you benchmark against those? Can you leverage this from product road mapping? So that's a really exciting product that just keeps getting better as we generate more and more reviews. Um, and I think the, the most exciting thing is we're also investing in, in people and talent uh, and we're hiring aggressively a- across all of G2 whether it's marketing, product, engineering, research, uh, RMs, AEs. Uh, in fact, I'm hiring. Uh, so I have three open roles. Um, our mid-market RMs are hiring. Um, our enterprise team is hiring. So we're, we're scaling quickly and, and we're excited about the future. Sounds like it's a very exciting time to be a part of G2. And just congrats on you know your success personally and congrats on G2's success as well. It's great. Yeah, thank you. All good stuff. Is there, you know, anything else you'd like to plug? Uh, I'll plug the fact that I'm hiring again. 
<laughs> Great Talent. opportunity to do that, right? <laughs> that's right. That's right. Talent's number one. Um, I think we've got a, an awesome team, an awesome culture, uh, an awesome opportunity to grow as as G2 continues to grow. Um, and we're looking for the, the top talent. So if you're listening to this podcast and are interested in joining G2, um, feel free to either shoot me a, a LinkedIn message or apply online. That's great. Thanks, Mike. And Thank you. There, there's one last thing that I wanted to say too, is I, you know, just a kind of a quick note for our listeners and, and myself as well. I think it's always great to remember to kind of pay it, pay it forward, right? There's real value for, for us as customers to fill out reviews for companies and brands that we like. You know, it's our feedback that's, you know, helping companies and brands to, to be better and really understand what their, their customers desire and expect. Um, so, you know, definitely something to think about. Yeah. Well, Mike, leave a review for call track. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> well, Mike, it's, it's been a pleasure. So, you know, thanks so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to be our guest. We, we very much appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. It was a, it was a pleasure and a blast. Thanks, Courtney. Absolutely. And, you know, thanks to, to G2 too for helping us to, you know, leverage our, uh, our review management strategy. So you guys have been a great partner to us. So thanks for that. Um, and another thank you to our listeners as well. We hope that you learned some new things today. I know I sure did. And as always, continue to, to connect with us and follow us on Twitter at SmartRodPod. Talk to you soon. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Smart Route Podcast. Share your favorite takeaways with us on Twitter at Smart Route Pod. Smart Route is brought to you by Call Tracking Metrics, and you can find more at calltrackingmetrics.com forward slash podcast. Follow along for ideas and conversations that will inspire your own business path forward. Speaking of smart paths, are your marketing, sales, and service teams on the same page? In today's remote world, it's easy to get disconnected. Call Tracking Metrics can help. We empower smart marketing teams to determine the best route for campaigns by showing exactly which ad campaigns are driving conversations that convert. Operational teams can use that data to automate call flows and power contact center success. Visit calltrackingmetrics.com to see why more than 100,000 customers around the globe trust call tracking metrics to manage communications for their marketing, sales, and service teams.